Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So. Buckle up, because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers plus have a 30 minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry or career related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Hey friends, thanks for being back with us today for another episode of the Do The Thing Movement podcast. I am so thrilled to have my friend Gretchen Saffles back on the show today to talk about her first trade book, The Well-Watered Woman. I have been so beyond excited to have this conversation with Gretchen for so long. The last time we had her on, she was writing this book and now we get to talk all about it. And it was so much fun. Every conversation you have with Gretchen is so rich and full of God's truth. And I'm just so thrilled to have her back. And I know you guys are as well. So join me in welcoming Gretchen back to the show. Gretchen, I am so thrilled to have you back on the show again to talk about your new book. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm honored to be back because I loved our first conversation together. I know I did too. And I will often just go back and look through I want to preface this by saying like numbers are not everything, but it's really sweet to look back through the metrics of just different shows this year and different conversations that we've had. And 
it's either number one or number two is our conversation about how to study the Bible. And I love that that is the message that so many of our listeners have went back to and have listened to. And that just means a lot to me. I really loved that conversation. And when we talked then, you were writing this book that we get to talk about today, I think, which is so awesome. So it's called The Well-Watered Woman, Rooted in Truth, Growing in Grace, Flourishing in Faith. And I would love for you to just jump off as we kind of get started by sharing your heart behind the book. Yeah. So my heart behind the book comes from my own experience, mm-hmm. um, from friendships and from what it looks like to seek Jesus in everyday life. I, I grew up in the church, but as I got older, you know, we talked about this with the Bible study in the last episode. One, I didn't know how to study the Bible. And then two, I started to see that there, it felt like there was this like gap between going to church and then your everyday life and what Mm -hmm. it looks like to follow Jesus. And especially as a Christian woman, you know, I think that sometimes we can look at the Bible and think, oh, Proverbs 31 is the only passage that's meant for us when all of God's word is meant to impact our lives and transform us. And so my heart is to encourage women right where they are not saying, you know, okay, this is where you have to be. And until you get to this point, then you're not enough. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the exact opposite of this message. Rather, it's saying right where you are, you can pursue Jesus. And I want to encourage women to follow him in their everyday lives. And through sharing just a lot of really practical examples and breaking down even some of these bigger biblical concepts, um, like, abiding and sanctification. Mm. And what does it mean to die to yourself? We can throw around all of these big words and concepts in the church. And then when you get to the moment, you know, your toddler is throwing a tantrum or you lost your job or you're graduating college and you don't know what job you're going to have, or you don't know if you should marry this person, just all of these different things. Then in that moment, how do you follow Jesus? How do you seek him? How does what you know and believe from God's word impact your feelings, your decisions, and the direction you take in life. And so the whole purpose of the well-watered woman is ultimately to point you back to Christ, who is the well of living water, Mm. and Christ, who is the word that brings us um, nourishment, that brings us life and peace, and Christ, who is the way to a life that is fruitful and abundant. Yeah. I love one of the ways that you describe this in the book. It says this book takes a woman from living a quote dried up life to living a well-watered life. And I think those words are going to ring true to listeners right now, as I'm sure even into 2021, we're still probably fleshing out a lot of what happened in the world this year. And so what does that mean for readers right now? Exactly. So this book is written for women who know the Lord and there's, there's two different points in your life of dried up. So one, there's the dried up life that's before, you know, Christ, Mm um, Ephesians two says that we are spiritually dead apart from him. We are lifeless and Christ through his life, death and resurrection, he comes and he gives us life. He brings us from death to life. So the dried up life to the well watered life. 
And yet we also have this dichotomy of the already, but the not yet, Mm. Um, the struggle. This is, we're on a journey in our lives. Um, And the journey is moving towards Christ and it's moving towards eternity spent with him. But every day we're changing, we're growing, we're walking through situations and struggles and different circumstances that are changing us. And in those moments, as we are growing and being changed into the likeness of Christ, we also struggle with going back to the dried up ways of this world, Mm. to comparing ourselves with our sisters in Christ. And um, even to the empty wells of social media, of appearance, of feeling like, oh, if I just had that person's home, I would be so happy. If I just had a husband, I would be so happy. There's still all of these empty wells in our lives that we can run to for a drink of water, but we're left with nothing. Mm -hmm. And so only Christ will satisfy us when we are living that dried up life. And I want to give just a really recent and practical example of this. Yes, please. So this year has been um, we're recording in 2020, you'll hear this in 2021, but, mm-hmm. um, just the year, you know, this, this time period has been so hard and trying and sanctifying for everybody. And I know that for women, we are just carrying a lot more weights than we normally do without a lot of rest, without mm. a lot of time to just breathe and catch up. And, um, we're also very relational and it's mm-hmm. hard to just get around and see people because you have to wear a mask or they could be sick and they're in quarantine. There's just so many different examples. And so, um, even in our family family, we've had a lot of changes. My husband's working from home, you know, school changed, um, just all kinds of things. And yet I was still keeping up with all of my work schedule, um, with all of the stuff for the book. And I got to a point last month where I was dried up. I was yeah. completely dried up. I needed time away to refresh and to rest in the Lord. Um, because I could tell I, I was running on empty mm. and we cannot give what we have not received. And, um, I told my mom, I was like, I feel like I've, um, I've like hurt my ankle, you know, mm. and I just can't keep walking. Like the Lord knows my soul just needs rest. I'm yeah. tired. Um, I am mentally, emotionally, all of those things, just exhausted and weary. And so the Lord was able to help me identify as well as many other friends, like you need some time away from work, from these pressures to just rest in him and, uh, and to go back to the well of living water who always satisfies and never runs dry. And so, um, that in a season right now, I am living this out. I cut out social media from my life. I, um, you know, I, I, told for several deadlines that I had for work. I said, I can't do it right now. I've got to move this right now. And, you know, even just our, our family life and kind of some of Mm -hmm. the decisions that we're making, um, we knew that we needed to pull back so we could live that well-watered abundant life that Christ has called us to. So I wanted to share that since it's very recent and it also goes along with the book. Um, publishing a book is not, it is not easy. (laughs) Um, it's, It is really hard. I I don't think I expected how um, hard and emotional and physically exhausting it would be. And so, um, so it's a journey. It is a journey and there's so much grace. I love that um, passage in John one, I think it's one sixteen. but from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. 
-hmm. not just a little bit of a, not just a little bit of grace. I'm reading a book by John Piper called future grace right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's a long one and it's a lot to take in, but this concept of we not only you know rejoice in the grace that God has saved us and he sustains us, but we move forward in the promise of his future grace. Mm. And that concept has just been so freeing. I'm like, that, that really is what sets you free from um, worry and anxiety and fear yeah. is knowing that God's future grace is a promise and it's a fact. So um so that's my, that's my encouragement about the dried up life to the well-watered life. In the book, there's a story of a well, of a dried up woman at the beginning of each chapter. And it's a very, very practical example, like a she story um, sure. where the, I, the reader can identify with it. And honestly, a lot of those examples are just things that I've walked through yes. <laughs> and yet then it turns it around to how can we look to Jesus in this situation? How can we have a gospel centered response in it? to that. Oh, I love that. That's going to be so helpful for people. I think sometimes when we read, um, even when we read nonfiction, sometimes it's helpful just to find ourselves in other people's stories and how God has redeemed that. And I mean, I love how even, you know, this whole concept of future grace, when you are making those decisions, those weren't easy decisions to cut, you know, social media out of your lives when, out of your life when you're about to publish a book or you're moving deadlines that impact your business and things like that. Mm -hmm. But knowing and trusting in his future grace, like I love that God has led you to that message during this time, because that is so Mm -hmm. crucial, I think, to the season that you're in um, and you're about to walk into. So I love that so much. And I would love you know, some of our listeners are writers, creatives, like people like us. And yes, I would love for you to share a little bit about kind of the writing process of your first, cause this was yeah. your first trade book. Yes. However, correct. you have written, I mean, if people know who you are and know about well-watered women, you've written tons of studies, tons of resources for women for years, but yeah. I would imagine this process has probably been a little different than that. And so I would love for you to share what was challenging about it? What gave you yeah. life? All of those things. It was so different um, than how I normally write since I normally write uh, blog posts, um, you know, Instagram posts, mm-hmm. Bible studies, and writing a book that is one, you know, 50,000 words, but also we want it to carry one message that the reader can really grasp and walk away with. And, um, one of my favorite things is to come up with words in a way that women can remember them Mm. and in a way that they can understand bigger biblical concepts and make them really practical. So, um, like one would be, there's a whole chapter on what does it mean to abide in Christ? We hear Mm. abide in him and it sounds so great, but you know, then I'm sitting going, but what does that really, really, really mean? I don't know if that's just how my brain is wired, but that's how I always look at things like okay, Jesus, what does this really mean right here, right now? How can I do this? And so dissecting scripture in that way. And so that, that gives me life to do that. I love coming up with um, ideas and phrases and things that women will hopefully be able to like in the moment, you know, see, I'm so thirsty right now, you know, just a very practical day. Like I'm thirsty. I need some water. Oh, you know what? Jesus, he is, he's the well of living water. Like he satisfies my soul. So seeing how um, showing how we can see Christ in everyday life. And so I, I loved that part, but one of the things that has been really challenging 
is it's very vulnerable. Yes. I share um, about very vulnerable struggles. Like um, I have shared this online before that I had an eating disorder in college, but I share a specific um, instance that was, it was hard to write about. It yeah. was really hard. But the reason I was willing to share this specific example in the book um, was because I want women to know that Christ really can meet you in the lowest of Mm -hmm. lows, that he really, really is with you, that you really aren't a failure when you walk through something like that, that his grace is sufficient, that you are on a journey of knowing him. Mm -hmm. And so if I can share anything like that, that will point women to Christ or that will set them free, that will help Mm -hmm. them know, like, it's not just me. It's not just me. Like Christ can he really is greater than my struggle and he really is working in my story. And so um, sharing those things was hard because in the moment, you know, it's like, okay, this, this is what needs to be shared. But after the fact, when we were editing and I was like, this is really going to be in print, um, yes. you know, I started to go, oh my goodness. Okay, Lord, <laughs> yeah. this is, you know, this is ultimately yours. And, um, and my story is his too. And, ho- and I'm hoping mm. that this will point to the greater story of scripture that we are invited into to live yeah. out. And so, um, you know, and challenging too, is just practically in editing. It's hard. It's very humbling yeah. when you get thousands of edits back of something you've read and proofread so much. And you're like, what? It's really that bad. You know, like you're yeah. taking all of that out and changing this around. Um, and then just how long it takes. We live mm. in a world that's, just instant gratification, you know, and, and I think even you see that in like social media, you can, you can even have a thought or an idea or a concept and share that on social media and immediately get response as to whether or not, um, like women, your reader is going to really identify with it. If they're going to be so encouraged by it and changed by it. Um, and yet a book like you, I mean, I have been working on this for over a year, um, a year and a half really. Mm-hmm. And it still didn't come out till, you know, April. And um, so the long process, you know, wow. I've learned this new way of working and thinking more for the long run rather than the short term. Yeah. And um, it really makes you shift your priorities and what you're thinking, you know, what you're working on, because I think our generation and our world really does like the instant. We like yeah. the, the like, okay, I can sit down and write it all and be done. And uh, maybe it's just me because I'm like a checklist person. I'm like, oh, oh check, no, I'm with you. That off. But, yes. you know, the book, I would I would write all these words and then I'd be like, I still have 40,000 words to go. Yeah. And, you know, so um, but I, I would say one more thing that I really loved is just those moments where I was writing and I was really having a lot of times when I had a hard time, you know, grasping a concept or getting started, I went on a walk mm. and I would take my phone and um, just get out the notes, you know, and just mm-hmm. as I'm walking and praying and thinking about the chapter, like write down whatever, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord is leading and just different thoughts and ideas. I probably look like a crazy person just like walking, looking at my phone, but it's, you know, <laughs> just getting moving. I love that. It really helps, you know, and changing your surroundings. But um, there were just several moments where I felt like the Lord just, he led and he showed me such truth in that moment and just provided yeah. um in my need. I mean, I am so, so needy and anything that makes me aware of my neediness for God is a good thing. 
And so it's a challenging thing, but it's a good thing. And so that's, that would be the main thing I think that I'm walking away from this, this project is knowing that I am needy for God and he's available to me. He's available and he, he really does provide. Yes. And those are those times, like we said in the beginning, where when we're able to really dig into these big words that we use in the church, like sanctification, then we, yes. then in that moment, we know, okay, Lord, I trust that you are making me more into the likeness of Christ through this humbling process of yeah. editing this book. Right. And, yeah. um, it's just cool how he can give us an awareness of like, yes, this is hard, but I'm going to use this. And I love when that happens. We've talked a little bit about this really even kind of in your journey of um, the last month or so, but a lot of us, I would argue all of us find ourselves kind of just in the midst of this hustle and hurry type culture. Again, we love to, to, find success quickly. We love to live in a microwave society, right? And so how does this book walk alongside us just to help offer hope and a different, better perspective in this whole conversation? So one of the biggest themes of the book is the journey of following Mm -hmm. Christ and knowing him and growing in him. And there's a lot of plant imagery in it. So it kind of goes through the growth process, planted, rooted, growing, blooming, and flourishing. And um, seeing God at work in all the seasons of our lives and Mm -hmm. not only all the seasons, but in every moment of our lives, there's a chapter in the third section of the book. So it's broken down into the well, the word and the way. Mm. And I love this. Um, A long time ago, I was reading a book about um, by and about. It was like a mixture. Ruth Bell Graham, who was Billy Graham's wife. Yeah. And on her gravestone, it says end of construction. Thank you for your patience. That is what she wanted on her gravestone. She was a hilarious woman, by the way, if you haven't read anything by her, um, a very, very funny and just very devout woman, um, steadfast in her faith, but she was driving past some construction one day and she saw the sign that said end of construction. Thank you for your patience. And she immediately determined that's what I want on my gravestone because she understood the fact that our life is a journey that during the whole time we are under construction until the day we go to be with Jesus. Mm. And I love that example so much um, because it's such a reminder to me that we, we so want to just get to a certain destination, but it's not about getting to a certain destination. Like we will someday, we will be in heaven Mm -hmm. glorifying God and living in his glory. There's not even going to be a need for light, like no lamps there because the glory of God will be the light all the time. Like trees will bloom. It's just going to be amazing. But as we are on the journey, um, that's, that is the joy. That Mm -hmm. is when we get to really, really know him. And so that's a big theme in the book is just the journey of knowing him and also of realizing that to know Christ is not just to do things, it's to be with him. It's not just about doing. We can be so busy doing things for Jesus that we never spend time with him, like just sitting with him. I mean, I love, you know, obviously the story of Mary and Martha, Mm -hmm. but God's grace was so sufficient in their story. We, We end it so often there, you know, we hear about 
you know, oh, Martha, Martha, you're so, you're busy and distracted by so many things, but your sister, Mary, has chosen the best thing. But later on in the gospel of Luke, I believe, we see um, Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus dies. And Martha is the one that goes to Jesus. And Jesus tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. And so I think a lot of times we can look at Martha and be like, oh, Martha, like I feel so bad for her. One moment of her life. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we, then we take it on ourselves. Like I'm such a Martha. When will I ever be a Mary? We don't. And we kind of get stuck in that, that we don't really see the invitation and God's grace in it. And that later on, Martha, Mary didn't go to Jesus after Lazarus died. It was Martha, the one that went to him. And, and she said, and she had faith in him too, faith and belief in him. And so, excuse me, it's an invitation that we really can rest in the Lord. Like we can rest in the finished work of Jesus and how would our lives look so different? How would our identities, the way that we spend our time, the way that we use social media, all of those things, like it would all look really, really different. And so my hope in the book is to point you to Christ who, when you become a believer, he becomes your life. He is your life. That's what scripture says when Christ who is your life and that we would then set our hopes on um, things above and live for the eternal vision that God has given us. I love that so much. And one of the things that I love watching you do and watching you model um, is just something that I think we all have, and that is wearing a lot of different hats in our lives. Mm -hmm. So just using you as an example, you wear the hat of mom, author, wife, you are a business owner, all of these things, right? And so I think we all could look at our lives and see a similar list of hats that we wear. And so yeah, how is this idea of being a well-watered woman vital to maybe multiple well, all of these roles in our lives, right? Right. Well, one, it puts everything back into perspective. Yeah, It puts it back into perspective because yes, I, I wear a ton of different hats and a lot of times mm-hmm. I'm trying to wear them all at once and they're all falling off. It feels mm-hmm. like, you know, in a figurative sense. Um, and I realized the hard way I am limited. Mm-hmm. I can't do it all. I can't. And you know what? I think that's one of the biggest lies social media um, that we believe through social media is that our friends are doing it all, all the time Yeah. when they're not, you know, like they're, you know, maybe when they did that post, they were wearing their business owner hat. Maybe mm-hmm. when they did that post, they were completely logged out or maybe they are trying to balance it all and they're struggling too, but they're yeah. trying to keep up with everybody else. And so I have learned one, it gives you perspective as to what hats are most important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in each season, it, it can look different. But for me, I, one, I'm a daughter of God. I'm a follower of Jesus. I am a wife to Greg. I'm a mama to my two boys. And at the end of the day, like those, those are my callings. And the Lord has also called me to share truth with women, to teach them the word, but it's not going to be at the expense of having a bad marriage of Mm -hmm. never reading my Bible, of not having a relationship with my kids. I think that's where we get things backwards. It's yeah. not, it's never, God's never going to call us to do something backwards like that. Like, oh, I want you to go share with these women and write all these blog posts, but you don't have to read my word. You know, yeah. like we don't need to spend time together. And so I'm saying it like that because I think we live like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know I do. 
Um, and that's why I got to this point last month where I felt really burnt out. And I, I looked at everything going on, the, you know, everything that was overwhelming me. And I was like, you know what? I, first things first. Like we can't get second things by putting, or first things by putting second things first. That's a C.S. Lewis quote. And I, I kind of unpack that in the book. Yeah. And it's so easy in a world where we want to be seen and noticed and applauded to put second things first and miss out on the first thing. So as a Christian woman, I cannot give to my family when I have not spent time with the Lord, when he just transforms my heart and, and, you know, the spirit, Holy spirit forms in me, the fruit of the spirit that I can't manufacture on my own. You know, it's a work of his grace. And so we have to go back and go, these things come first and then the second things can come. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and so, um, we can't do it all and do it well. And I, you know, as you look at even the life of Jesus, when he was in human flesh, you know, fully God, fully man, he didn't do it all. He didn't, you know, he would be in one place with a few disciples or eating, dining at the table with somebody. Mm -hmm. And so even God understands he created us with limitations Mm -hmm. before the fall, man was still limited. And, um, and so our limitations are meant to draw us to him but we hate our limitations so often. I know I do. I'm like, Oh, I wish I didn't have limits. I wish I had all the capacity, but ultimately I'm wanting to be like God. And so recognizing that which hats are the most important first and foremost, and then realizing that if we do want to make an impact in this world, we can't, we can't do it while we're not drinking deeply from the well of God's word. Like that's the impact is Christ in you. It's not you. Not your abilities, it's God's ability at work in you. And so, um, so yeah, living that well-watered life, it does. And it impacts you as a business owner. It impacts your decisions, how you treat employees. It impacts you um, with your kids. And just, even when you're just out at the grocery store, it impacts how you interact with the people standing in line or with the, um, you know, grocery clerk. It impacts everything. Yeah, it does. I recently had a really fun conversation with some pastor's wives on the show that um, just really meant a lot to me. And so most listeners will know I've been at this point married almost two years and my husband's a lead pastor. And I think one of the biggest things that God and I kind of overcame in the beginning was just my desire to please people. Mm, And, you know, you step into marriage and, you know, our story was we got married. I moved super far away from my family. I jumped into being a pastor's wife and just a whole new season in life with my husband. And one of the things that God really put on our hearts from the beginning is, is this very conversation of, you know, one, I am a child of God Two, I'm a husband to Dustin. And yeah, I would love to sing on praise team and teach a Sunday school class and do all of these things that I I know God has given me a gift for, but it's kind of navigating like, Lord, how do you want me to use my time? Because it's not going to be at the expense of praying with my husband before he stands up to preach the word of God. If I've missed that, then I've missed it all, you know? And so, but in that, 
you disappoint people, right? And and yes. maybe not meet people's expectations of this box that you were never really meant to fit in in the first place. And so, yeah. Anyway, God and I have been working through a lot of that over the that last so year. so good. Like, and it's kind of like what you're saying. You know, that's one of your first things is mm-hmm. being there for your husband to pray with him and to support him. Yeah. And you know. The Lord's not going to call you like, oh, don't do that anymore. You need to be doing this with all these women. Right. Like that's one of the first things that God has called you to. Yeah. Yeah. So So I love, I just love having this conversation because no matter what our lives look like, listener, as you're, you know, you've heard Gretchen's story, you've heard my story. We all have to navigate this in our own lives and in our own season. And so um, I just, I love that you've written about it in the book. I think it's so important. Well, and even, um, I do want to say you were talking about disappointment, you know, like we're, we're going to disappoint people and how, how often do we do that to other people though? Like maybe they disappoint us because they say no to us. Yeah. And so learning to have that grace and go, you know what? Like they, they're putting their first things first. It's right okay. Now. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. so even having grace for your friends who say, you know, I just can't join this. You know, I can't come to that event right now because of my family or, you know, something like that. And yes. you're like, oh, she don't want to hang out with me. It's not that it's not that. And so one being bold enough to know this is what God's called me to. This is my capacity in this season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to, to flourish in my walk with the Lord, I've got to say no to these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Even good things at times, even good things that can be part of the pruning process. Yeah. Um, And there will be disappointment. Yeah. But God, he really can set us free from that. Ultimately, our expectation is in the Lord and he never fails. Yes. Yes. I love that. And how quick are we so often to give grace? Just like you're saying, when somebody gives us a no or yeah, something like that, but how hard it is for us to give ourselves that grace, you know, yep. when we yeah. take those hard steps of obedience. So yeah, yeah I love Definitely. that you say that. Okay. So along with the book, I'm so excited that you're also yes. releasing a devotional journal also called yes. the well-watered life. And so yeah. I don't want to miss the opportunity to have you just talk a little bit about the journal and how it kind of complements the book, all of those things. Yeah. So this journal, I've actually had the idea for it for several years now. And when a publisher came alongside, they were willing to do this alongside the book because it will take so many things that you learn in the book and make them very practical. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you get that practicality in the book, but in the journal, you'll also get like, okay, here's a section. We're going to work through this specific thing. And Mm -hmm. so that's how it makes it more practical. Like you have it right there in front of you. And, um, so the journal, it mirrors the book layout. Um, it's got the planted, rooted, growing, blooming, and flourishing sections, And in each one, we're going to go dive into what does this really mean and look like biblically and in your life. And one thing that I really love too, and I don't know, um, like everybody else will, but I'm glad they let me do it is I loved, I wrote, um, different poems for each section that will kind of show the process and, um, you know, this, this beautiful process of growing in Christ and what that looks like. And so it's going to have some really creative elements like that, that. but the well-watered life journal is really about implementing the spiritual disciplines in our lives with joy. Like this is how we know Christ. This is how we abide in him. And so really showing that like, this is not a got to do this. This is like, this is our life. This is um, what transforms our hearts and our minds and, and our souls. And so um, each section, you will have a lot of journal prompts, a ton 
And, um, you know, the first section is really about knowing your story and seeing God's hand at work in your story. And then um, a lot of really practical things too, being able to identify rotten root thoughts that Mm. are lies, they are lies, and yet they impact how we think and how we feel and what we do. So how do we identify those and how do we instead replace them with gospel root thoughts? So there's an amazing illustration that they, I, you know, I had this idea and they were able to make it come to life. Um, And so there's a lot of, if you're a visual learner too, there are a lot of visuals in it that will help you grasp the concept. And I'm, I create journals for, you know, that's, one of the big things we do, um, Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about journaling. Um, it helps us remember, it helps us understand, retain what we're learning, helps us slow down, uh, helps us interact with God's word and so many different things. And so this journal is, it's a companion that that you'll use for a long time. You you won't go through this in a month, trust me. And so, um, each section also tells you the specific chapters at the very um, top of it, the specific chapters that kind of correlate with that section that we're going into. So if you're doing, you know, going through the journal and you're like, oh yeah, we talked about, um, you know, the rotten root thoughts in chapter five, um, you know, cause they'll be able to see that. I want to go back and review what I underlined there or some of these concepts. Like, yeah. so they, they tag team together, but you can also use them separately too. Um, so I'm That's really awesome. excited about it and I can't wait to show the inside. I haven't been able to, I don't obviously don't have one in hand yet, but um, the inside is just really beautiful. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait. I, that's going to be like the best gift. I'm already thinking of like I'm just so women that I walk with that. Yeah. We just so appreciate that. So I'm so excited for that to get in people's hands. And I have an advanced reader copy with, I'm sitting here looking at it right now of the yes. book book. And it is also so gorgeous. Just all yeah. the artwork that they've done to go alongside the message. It's just it's beautiful. And I realized that I don't even have the final copy of it, but when I did opened the advanced it reader, did uh-huh. it have the inside artwork too? Mm-hmm. It's okay, in black and okay. white. So I don't know if okay. the final version is that way, but it'll um, have a color. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. I am yes. so excited. So and what's so cool is God is the creator of beauty. Yeah. And like, that was one of the reasons I wanted it to also be beautiful and to have specific imagery there's there's you know with the sections there's imagery that we came up with um that women can remember and that they can see like this is not even this is like the tiniest glimpse of how beautiful our savior is and to look at him to behold him in the word and in his world will just continue to expand and they'll see Mm -hmm. the beauty of christ and so Mm -hmm. that's why we wanted to make the book and the journal really beautiful too um because christ is he is beauty Yeah. Yeah, he is. I love that so much. And I just can't wait for the book to come out. So by the time listeners listen to this episode, the book will be out into the world so they can go buy it wherever books are sold. I'm so excited for them to get their hands on it. And before we sign off, so what we're about to go do is talk through our Patreon bonus questions that I'm so excited to ask Gretchen. Um, These are just questions that I love asking everybody that comes on the show and these are not available on the regular podcast platform. So listeners that want to get to know Gretchen just a little bit more, uh, make sure you tune on, tune in over there on Patreon so that you can listen to the rest of our conversation. But Gretchen, I am so thankful 
for your obedience, for your words, for how you're leading us into this next season that we're about to walk into. And I think this book is going to do that really well. So thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you need anything from me at all, I'm super easy to find Rebecca Dotson George on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And hey, let's help make it possible for even more listeners to be encouraged by hearing stories of my people doing the thing. There's a couple ways you can do that. One, by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, screenshot the show and share it on your Instagram stories. Oh, and make sure you tag me there so we can connect as well. All right. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. And thanks so much for listening to the Do The Thing Movement podcast.